Hey everybody, this is James, aka Nerdy at Home Dad, just with a little introduction to this episode. Uh, so this week we have a little change in the format. Uh, Johnny and I uh, had the Geeky Weeky, or we recorded the Geeky Weeky, but uh, one, we were 45 minutes into the Geeky Weeky, uh, or about 35 minutes into the Geeky Weeky when the batteries went out. Uh, so... There was that, and then the fact that it's about a 40-minute Geeky Weeky means that uh, we won't have the Geeky Weeky in the episode, but after you're finished with the episode, the Geeky Weeky should play next, because we will have uploaded both files today. Uh, So stay tuned for the episode, and stay tuned for the Geeky Weeky after. According to the internet. Where on the internet? Dax, it's time for your bath. But I miss my show. Don't argue with me, you man. Just do it. This is our dad. I'm the professor. Yeah, he made us in his laboratory by accident. Don't worry, professor. I was an accident, too. <laughs> you're my children, and I love you, but you're all terrible. Hey. Listening to Geek Parenting Podcast. That's your favorite sound effect, isn't it? There's an app on your phone. You can get that air horn noise. Get it? Don't you guys watch Superstore? No. No. There's a like white guy rapper, and all he does is like he makes up stupid raps. Then he goes. I'm Tui the Human, the Jedi barista of State Street, and you can. We're recording live from Watchtower Cafe. Where's that at? The geekiest coffee shop at Salt Lake City at 1588 South State Street, where you can find me, Tui the Human, making the drinks, mopping the floors. I am the head janitor in charge. And to my podcast left, we have James Nerdy at Home Dad. Yo, I'm still sick. Well, Aww, at least while we're recording I'm this. I'm so sorry. Well, no, I'm not. I'm getting over it. I feel a lot better than I did this morning. Mm, get over it's it. It's the drugs. Yeah, probably the drugs. I probably need to go home and take some more. Sick AF, fam. <laughs> Too legit. <laughs> to quit. <laughs> you can find me uh, nerdy at home dad. Oh wait, no, I didn't. Did, I say, did you say my name? I said your name. Say my we name. should. You know, say we should name. introduce each other before you come on the microphone. Oh, wow. It's more professional and polite. Geek Show does that. Hmm. <laughs> I love the Geek Show guys. Um, but as Tui said, I'm James, aka Nerdy at Home Dad. You can find me at Nerdy at Home Dad across the board on social medias. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Stefan. Uh, <laughs> oh, we didn't. Sorry, we didn't Stefan. Say that once last, last episode. Oh, Holy that's cow. that's like one episode where we missed it. I know. Oh, so that oh. one. That the one drinking game made people sober last time. We hope you guys enjoyed our last episode. Not sorry, Stefan. <laughs> <laughs> it's it wasn't safe for work, but it was safe for Stefan. Yes, and Stefan listeners. Um, but yeah, so look for stuff. I'm doing stuff. Sure did. And am. And to, 
I have two guests next to me, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll... Do, that. Do her first. Whoa. Me. Phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it in to Sarah first. To... Again, phrasing. <laughs> <laughs> this is safe for work. Sorry, Stefan. Come on. Are you on. sure about that? Sorry, children <laughs> under... 12. Well, this is Utah. Under 35. (laughs) Uh, You're calling me a child. (laughs) I'm a child. Um, Two of my podcast leftish, Dr. Sarah. What's up? Dr. Sarah. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Doctor of Peace. I just put an SH at the end of uh, my Twitter handle. Dr. Dr. of Peace. Yeah, that's about it. It's like a, a fish with no eyes. Oh. Fish. I'm sorry, Stefan. <laughs> We're making up for it this yeah. time. <laughs> get ready to get drank. Oh, God. So uh, across from me is uh, good old Johnny on the boards. I'm Johnny on the boards. Uh, White Enchilada One on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me in the bushes outside of your house or any place you happen to be. I'm in the bushes. We have, uh, we have two awesome guests this week. We will start mm-hmm. to my direct left with, uh, with Mitch. I'm Mitch. Hi, yeah, Mitch. You Hi Mitch. He's putting social media stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, you can find me on Twitter at Geek. Did you forget our Twitter account already? I did forget our Twitter account. Tell Let's people, see. Tell people why. Something, why something. So I run Geek Hangout Utah. We do a bunch of events. Geek Coffee here every other Tuesday, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Come join us, play some Rick and Morty games. Um, we do a lot of charity events, stuff like that. So, we've got some awesome stuff in the works too that'll make it even better. James has kind of failed on doing the uh, family stuff. I did. He fails his family too. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Have you seen me? <laughs> well, you are an asshole. Safe for work, Sarah. Hey, she only said it once. Say one or two. Oh yeah, it's PG-13. so wait, we are safe for work now. Yeah, but it's PG thirteen. Okay. Good to know. Now you can find us at Twitter at Geek Utah. We've got geekhangoututah.com, um, Geek Hangout Utah on Instagram, Facebook. We've got both a group and a page, so like it and join us, along with all of our subgroups that are listed at the top of the main Geek Hangout. North group Utah, page. yay! Yep, Northern Utah. They're having an event right now. Mm-hmm. I know. I told them I <laughs> had to record, and I apologize for not being able to be there. So. And if you have admin problems, don't message me. I'm an admin, but I don't do anything. Yeah, message me or Mike. Most likely, if you message <laughs> me, I'll just be like, be an adult and deal with it. Or if you're in the North, message Phil. Even if you're not in the just, just message Phil. Yeah, message Phil. The warden Phil. of the North. <laughs> Message Phil constantly. <laughs> James, the warden. You really did yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. So I'm all caught up on Game of Thrones. Mr. I hate Game of Thrones. Yeah, I, mean, I don't watch Game of Thrones. Give I'm, a hipster. Me. I'm a hipster. It now. It's yeah. all right. I don't love it. I like it. He all right, now it. getting off the dick of Game of Thrones. Jeez. It's so big. We also have another great. Another great guest. To my not here for that reason. We have. Uh, Am Candace. I not? I thought I was. What? I thought this I was know. our Game of Thrones episode. I thought oh, this was geez. a Rick and Morty podcast. Any, any episode Sarah's on is a freaking Game guard. of Thrones episode. <laughs> I almost spit out my coffee through my nose. <laughs> she's all. She's like, just all the way down on Joffrey. I swear. No, Jon Snow. Jon Snow. Uh, she does. She did say she likes to. She likes to get spit roasted. Is what she's telling me. I what I. Squeeze, yes, who doesn't like to squeeze animals? 
gently. I'm gentle just saying, Joffrey squeezed animals too. Yeah, but Joffrey squeezed them too hard. <laughs> okay, wait, is this anyway. a serial killer podcast? <laughs> it is now. I'm Candace Tarkeesian. I'm a freelance writer. I'm homeschool gamer geek mom of three. I'm disabled. I'm an ADA advocate. You may have seen my art, psychology, public speaking, wherever you might be. You can find me on the Facebooks at Candace Tarkeesian. That's T A R K E S H I A N. And also on Instagram, C Tarkeesian. I wanted to talk specifically to Candace about this because we have not had this topic on the podcast yet, but being a parent to a child who is on the spectrum. So yes. I, I don't really have any like questions unless you guys can think of anything specifically, but just kind of tell us your story with, with your oldest. And okay. how it has nothing to do with, vac- with vaccinations. <laughs> oh, good Lord. Well, actually, no, just <laughs> <laughs> oh. how bad would you guys feel? If I got here and I was like, you guys would not believe the vaccine. <laughs> you would Rob not Schneider believe the vaccinations right. due to your kids. <laughs> right. Uh, oh, that's, that's another battle that I lost. Are you oh. serious? Vaccines. <gasps> Except when they're... Si- Wait, no, never mind. All right, what? another time, another time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so honestly, like for us, we didn't even know at first. She is incredibly high-functioning, so we're kind of lucky there. But... That's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> so she taught herself how to read. We had reviewed the alphabet and done our basics, and then she goes into kindergarten, sits down, and they do all your benchmark tests and see where your kid's at. And they called me up, and they're like, well, she passed everything. Uh, how long has she been reading? And I went, my kid doesn't read. <laughs> and they kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, she already she does. told us everything yeah. that happens. She wrote a dissertation. Yep, she read the exactly. entire series. <laughs> yeah, so I had her come home and I went, Zoe, can you read? She's like, no. I said, okay, let's, uh, let's take a look at this story. What do you think about this one? And she started reading to me. And I went, oh, okay, so we have a different idea of what the word read means. <laughs> cool, so apparently every word except for read Good reading comprehension. Good job, kiddo. (laughs) So by the end of first grade, we had a very firm idea of where she was on the spectrum, that she has mostly really great days, and then occasionally just nosedives into unknown territory. And those days, we all just kind of pray for tomorrow to come without incident. So what were kind of some of the symptoms you started seeing and, and realized that she may be on the spectrum? Okay, so a lot of the symptoms we actually missed. We really? missed them in part because my husband and I are, not to you know, build us up too much, but we're pretty bright people, and we read a lot. We game a lot. So when she wasn't making full eye contact all the time, usually it's because her head was into a console, in a screen, like in a book. Like We really kind of assumed she was just distracted. We do that, too. It was no big deal. But we are noticing now that we know what we're looking for, that if we can go, hey, take a look at us. Can you make eye contact? Can you look at me? Hey, come on. Let's get on this. If she won't do it, we're in for one of those days where we're just waiting it out till tomorrow. If she will at least try, we're probably okay. It's not that bad. That is one of the symptoms that a lot of parents notice first is just a lack of reaction. Um, And it really does depend on your own kid and where they fall on the spectrum. The spectrum is so vast. There are so many different nuances there. It's uh, it's not something that anybody fully expects, Mm -hmm. but eye contact is one of the big ones. 
that and finding like one or two topics for Zoe it was dinosaurs right out the gate mm -hmm. dinosaurs hardcore dinosaur enthusiast um, took her to volcanoes up at in Hawaii on the Big Island and we're at the monument and we're talking with one of the tour guides and he tries to stump all the kids and hey guys tell me about some dinosaurs that you think might have been on Hawaii <laughs> And Zoe starts rattling off some scientific names, and I'm just sitting there with my shoulders in the air, like, I don't know what's going on. Sorry. <laughs> and he starts laughing and pointing at her, and, ah, there were no dinosaurs. Like, wrong time period. And she's like, all of the ones that I just listed were aquatic, and if you check off the shores, and I'm just, cool, uh, I'll be in the car. <laughs> totally embarrassed. You've but got this. Good job, kiddo. Like, that's just, that's the sort of thing that we can expect. She goes to D&D &D nights and schools her DMs really bad. It's, it's just who she is. She finds topics that she loves. She finds art forms that she loves. Part of the reason we're, why we're homeschooling her right now is that she can spend more time on her art mm -hmm. where she knows that that's something that she wants to move towards as a career. Awesome. Do you, what are some of the, the challenges you've really faced with her or with other people even? Communication. Hands down, communication. And we have the same issue with our next oldest who has social anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm. And we've learned that verbal communication is not all that it's cracked up to be. Uh, back to the whole idea of can you read? Mm -hmm. She would have not been able to tell us that even if she had comprehended that that's what she was doing. Gotcha. There's no way. Uh, first time we took him to Disney World. Day one, perfect, everything's good. Day two, she wakes up nonverbal. Oh, wow. Cannot talk to us, will not make eye contact. Things are a mess. My next youngest is freaking out at me. This is so dumb, we never get to do cool stuff. Why do we always have to stop? Because, cool, so you and your dad are gonna go to the pool and go get some breakfast for everybody. I've got this. Mm -hmm. And in those moments, you really have to make a choice. Am I gonna panic? Am I going to lose my cool? Am I going to blow things out of proportion and make everybody in the family miserable? Or are we going to just take this next hour, see what happens, and then go from there? And that's exactly what we did. Mm -hmm. uh, my husband already kind of had the idea of, all right, my job now becomes all the other kids deal with everything else. And Candace's job becomes, how do we make the best of the situation? I got Zoe down on the floor. We did some yoga we did some breathing exercises and finally I got to the point where I could tell she wasn't going to come back to a verbal state anytime soon but she was at least hearing me and that's a big deal even if the communication is just one way that's enough sometimes that's okay so we were able to work out a system where I said alright we're going to go into Epcot we're going to have to ride a bus to get there there are going to be people on the bus and I can't make the bus stop so you can squeeze my hand as hard as you need to. You can close your eyes. You can put on your headphones. You can do whatever you need to do to get through the bus ride. But I can't stop the bus. Once we get to the park, I want you to hold my hand. And if things become too much for you, you're going to squeeze my hand twice, as fast as you can, as hard as you can. And I'm going to take that as a, I got to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Is this agreeable to you? And she nodded. And that, to me, was like, okay, cool. We're on the same wavelength. Let's do this thing. We made it through the day and only had to stop twice. Awesome. And that's a big deal. And a lot of parents with kids that have autism will tell you that theme parks, anything out of routine, are a big deal. Those are hard things to do. Those Our are hard things to do when your kids lot. don't struggle. Yeah, and that's... 
people look to us for that because it's something that we've done a lot of. We've taken our kids traveling all over the place. They've been to New Zealand. We sailed through the Panama Canal last uh, September, actually. So we've done a lot of things that a lot of families that deal with autism don't get to do. And part of it is is that we're very non-traditional and we've spent a ridiculous amount of time working on that communication with these kids. Mm -hmm. So it's, it is individual to each child. There are a lot of kids that we've worked with, especially with my advocacy, that I would not try this with mm -hmm. at all. But if communication is an issue, try to work outside of what you know and get into, well, all right, how do they best communicate? Mm -hmm. What works best for them? I do a lot of panels for a lot of conventions, Salt Lake Comic Con coming up. My kids are actually all excited for it, including my oldest. Well, we met your oldest at Gaming Con, and she was, yeah. she was fantastic. Had great conversations with her in the green room. Yeah, you know? and she, she shut down about halfway through that first mm -hmm. day, mm -hmm. and she was able to tell me, Hey, Mom, I'm not okay right now. And she smiled while she said it. Mm -hmm. She looked me in the eye while she said it, and she said, I've got about a half hour. And I went, thank you for letting me know ahead of time. I appreciate that. She really wanted to meet Angeli, who mm -hmm. is the voice of Symmetra from Overwatch. And I kind of looked at Zoe and I said, Zoe, uh, Angeli already knows who you are. Mm -hmm. Your sister and I went up and kind of pre-gamed that, made sure that was cool for you. Are you going to feel bad tomorrow if you don't go meet her? Yes. Do you think that's something you can handle? I have no idea how. Cool. Do you want me to take control and just make that happen and then we go home? Yes. Cool. All right. I walked her right up. The volunteers know who I am, obviously. Even mm -hmm. if they don't, though, in situations like that, if you cite say the ADA, yeah. if you say, like, hey, my kid's ADA, can I get some help with this? I'm not trying to, you know, yeah. play favorites or anything, but I'm in a situation. I really can't wait an hour in line. Yeah. Yeah. Busted up to the front of the line, got it done. She was great. She got her little photo. You know, we paid in Julie, thanked her for her time, got in the car, got Zoe home. Zoe got home. Her headphones are on her head. She goes into kind of her low stimulation mode where she can recover from that day. But we were solid. By the next awesome. day, she was good again. She didn't want to necessarily go back because she knew that the stimulation would be too much for her. She yeah. just takes it all in. Right. But we still made it. Mm -hmm. We made it to the things that were most important to her. And she felt good about it. So Overwatch is really important to you guys. I know oh, that. Yeah. So it's why why is <laughs> why is Symmetra so important to you guys? So not only has Blizzard confirmed that yes, Symmetra is, is on the spectrum. Yes. They did it in such a smooth way. <laughs> Usually you see autism in the media and it's like, hey, this kid has autism. We should mm -hmm. all make a big Don't do that. Kind of like Power really Rangers. Good. Yes. Oh, yes. Power Rangers has I, didn't yeah, know. I still haven't seen it. Parenthood, Parenthood is a great oh, example. Yeah. They, they handle it well, mm -hmm. but they beat you over the head, head with, with it. it. This kid really likes lizards. Yeah, yes, I remember watching like it's, that. It's a yeah. whole thing. But with Overwatch, no, they didn't even really announce it. They waited until somebody asked. asked. And then it was kind of like, hey, so there's some funny things here. Symmetra doesn't have to aim. Like, mm -hmm. ever. Her orb can be in a general area, kind of. But her turrets do the work. Her gun does all the aiming for you. This is kind of perfect. And her whole aesthetic kind of fits. Mm -hmm. Is this something that's legit? Is this, is this something that we're just looking for confirmation by? 
is here or did you guys do this on purpose? And Jeff Kaplan was like, nah, we did this on purpose. This, yes, you're right. For kids like my daughter, that's huge. That's Mm -hmm. a big deal where they can be like, I knew it. I'm not excluded. I am represented, but I'm not pitied mm-hmm. and I'm not you know all these like the we're seven like, oh, main forms sorry. of ableism are just absent mm-hmm. because yeah. it's not recognized it's not needed so stuff like that's a big deal for us very cool do you guys have any questions so I've heard there's a divide in like the charities with the autism yes big time. Um, how do you recommend people getting involved where they're not involved in the headaches, but they're doing something (laughs) that'll help out the community. Absolutely. Um, Number one, I think educating yourself as to what ableism actually looks like. A lot of us think that we understand that you don't point, you don't laugh, you don't make the really inane jokes. But what people don't realize is that sometimes it's the things that you mean to be nice that are kind of worse. that are very belittling and they can just suck the power out of you in a bad way um one of the things in ableism studies that we talk about is this idea of the eternal child uh this impervasive innocence that cannot be taken away and autism sees that to a point i do think down syndrome usually corners the market on that one. That one's a little different. But with autism, we're seeing it more and more, especially as people are becoming more and more aware of autism. I'd say the last 20 years have just been earth-shattering as far as the amount of research that's become available. Uh, We were even talking at the beginning about this idea of vaccinations being involved in this, that, and the other. I got into a really big argument recently on my own Facebook page about... If you want to be anti-vax and all that, groovy, that's for you. But the second that you tell me it's because having autism is worse than dying from measles, we're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. I cannot get on board with you there. Exactly. Like, yeah. It's or full whooping offensive. cough. Jesus Christ. Get well, your kids vaccinated. My grandpa yeah. had polio. It's scary. Yeah. 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 So. Well, and it's interesting because you have... So I feel like people are just in the last 20 years, people are starting to recognize what autism is. Yes. I feel like it's something that's been around. It has. It has. It's it's been misdiagnosed or looked as quirky or just a generalized, I mean, before the R word, and I won't say it because I'm just not going to say it. Before that became so taboo and before we decided that we were not going to blatantly label everyone that's different with one term, it kind of covered all of these different disorders and illnesses that have their own individual characteristics. Yeah, and it's interesting. So I worked at a home for the developmentally disabled when I lived in Colorado. There we go. Um, And there were a lot of there, I was in a house with four different guys. Two of them mm-hmm. had Down syndrome. The other two, they didn't know what they had. So right. they just classified it as uh, the R word. Yeah, the hard R. Yeah. And you're just like... And I, I remember yeah. sitting down with my boss, and I was like, I don't think this is right. I don't. Right. I think that there's something, there's something here. There's mm-hmm. something more we're not seeing, and we're not able to help them the yes. way that we should be able to. Um but like I, so I would do things, and I'm I wasn't I was, I just graduated high school. I wasn't mm-hmm. like in college or anything. This was just a job, but 
I wanted these guys to be able to have fun because all the uh, all our company was doing was just keeping them fed and giving them a house. Yes, not and really that's like they historically had their, yeah they had their like offsite the like uh, visual stimulation and all that, mm-hmm. but they didn't have anything at home. Mm-hmm. Like they right. let them have music and books and stuff, but like they didn't have anywhere to watch them. So right. I went out and I bought a big TV because we made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I bought a big TV for the house. Aww. I bought a VCR because they all have VHS players. <laughs> uh, one of the guys had, I felt so bad when this happened, he, uh, he knew I loved Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And he had Star Wars on vinyl, unopened. Oh. And he comes up to me and he goes, I know you like Star Wars and just rips the packaging <gasps> up. I'm like, it's but 2004. We a, have MP3 like, players. <laughs> <laughs> but but it was his choice, and he yeah. wanted to share it. And uh, what's funny is his mom found out, mm-hmm. and she called, and she's like, he's he's older than I was. He uh-huh. was, like, in his 40s. Right. Uh, and she's like, how could you let him move? It's like, it's his choice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, we would go to the store, and when I started working there, they all started buying Star Wars toys for them to play with <laughs> oh, and yeah. for us to have something to do. Because mm-hmm. these guys while they're in their 40s and stuff, they have the mindset of 12, 13-year-olds. And all the other adults at the house, they didn't recognize that. They were like, uh, they're... Because it was was the same thing. Nobody went to school for it. Everybody just saw it as a job. And I was like, we're here to make their lives better. Yes. And so, like, I would sit. We would uh, we built a sandbox in the back, and like we awesome. built like Tatooine and oh, all awesome. these other yes. things. And he would go. We'd bring out a record player, and we would play the New Hope on the vinyl nice. while we played. We did lightsaber battles in the yes, garage see, and with and the stuff lights like out. That. That's exactly where you let them kind of guide you to what they are comfortable yeah, with. Yeah, and like we had issues every now and then, which when they got overstimulated, things happen. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> We had a sign in the wall on in the bathroom that had a picture of poo and a wall and like a no poo. <laughs> the walls. Yep. Um, but that happened occasionally, and it was like, yeah. okay, why did you act out this? What mm-hmm. if you want to talk? Let's talk about mm-hmm. this. If not, let's clean it up. Let's clean you up and let's exactly. get you in your room so you can relax. Yeah. yeah. Well, when we talk a lot about mapping behaviors, about okay, so this is where we are now where were we right before this, happened. this right. happened and just map it backwards as best as we can. And sometimes, especially when verbal communication is limited, that's not always going to happen. Like you said, I mean, sometimes you just got to suck it up and say, all right, let's clean it up and right. move forward. And hopefully we'll figure out what it was before we run into this again. Right. And if not, then we'll clean it up again next time yeah, and until it, we get there. It's interesting because, like, so in Jay's class right now, we have uh, three kids that are on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't had, like, last year in kindergarten, we didn't have any. Mm-hmm. So it's a new thing for me. Yeah, well, uh, and with at this, this age, age, like, that's, that's a tricky thing. A lot of times they don't like to uh, really finalize that diagnosis until right, they're older. sure. And the DSM-5 is pretty clear about what the criteria are. But when a child's super young like that, is it just development mm-hmm. or is it legitimately autism? Right. That can be a little bit rough. And we're in the state of Utah. Utah is like the capital of autism. It is so rampant Well, and I think it's just the birth rate here. It I is mean, in we part. Have, we have so many kids that it's... 
No, I, th- I think the numbers. <laughs> oh, I think I think because we have so many kids. Sorry, like, what's our median age? Our median yeah. age is like twenty eight. Yeah. Um, well, and if you have the genetics where it's happened once in your family, you are more likely, likely to have it again. again. Right. Um, we had people totally get on our cases, knowing that our oldest was starting to show more and more problems as she hit adolescence. Because, like you were saying, the age chronologically they will continue, but developmentally, there's a point where it just tops off and you're right. not going anywhere from there. You may deviate a little bit and you may have good days, but you're really not going much further than that. And once we hit her top off spot, we knew. We knew almost immediately and it got really grim. We were told by several doctors that we need to watch her for self-harm. That did become an issue. That actually became an issue with public school where she did attempt to end her life. Mm-hmm. Um, thank goodness for safety windows. I will just put it there but when we decided that we were going to try to have one more child my youngest is four now boy people felt obligated to jump in and are you crazy have you thought this through what if you have another one with autism then i'll have another one with autism yeah if anything i'm better prepared now than i was before well and it's interesting because it seems like it's different it seems like they talk about it like it's leprosy or something yes and people are very scared people are terrified disease sir (laughs) 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 hey that's my job it's kind of how it goes though and people are really really terrified and they see media portrayals and they see this idea of a kid who's completely nonverbal, completely non-communicative who is sitting rocking back and forth and has nothing else to offer and they don't see the good days they don't see that even in those kids the kindness in their hearts like you cannot compare that to anything Mm -hmm. yeah i've worked with special olympics utah and they're amazing i will fully admit I did not realize the ableism in my own life until I started working with those guys. The Down Syndrome community in Utah, they are amazing. (laughs) They will put you right in your place. They tell tell amazing jokes about Down Syndrome. (laughs) Like you're sitting there and you're like, can I laugh? Can I laugh? And they're like, don't be a dummy, just laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. They are so They're like, what's wrong with you? That was funny. Seriously. They are on it. And if you try to do the whole eternal child thing with these guys, they are not having it. They absolutely will not. Even if developmentally they cap out at a certain age, they are aware of their own intelligence that they do have. They are aware of their own sexuality as a thing. It's incredible. And once you get... I'd say like everybody kind of treads their feet in the water a little bit with disability, and they feel like they're starting to learn... But there's that kind of fear of, oh, crap, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. I'm going to the wrong place. I'm not invited. It's a thing. Mm -hmm. Once you get up to your neck in it, you start to kind of relax a little bit. And with my eldest having her issues beyond autism, she has a couple other things going on for her. With my next oldest having social anxiety disorder, with myself having post-traumatic stress, anxiety, I have partial paralysis, neuralgia. Like, I have a whole list that goes along with me. (laughs) Over the past probably 10 years, I've been able to kind of evolve into a better ADA advocate. I've learned more about the laws. I've learned more about what they don't say, but they imply Mm -hmm. and how much we have to rely on case law because there just is not that much 
there. The ADA itself is not as detailed as, as people, people think, think it yeah. is. So it's, it's kind of a big thing. That's one of the things that conventions look to me for. They'll ask me, is this cool? Is that cool? Uh, what do I need to do to make this better? Uh, <laughs> I think my favorite quote that I ever had in one of those meetings was, no, we're fine though. We measured the aisles. No. No, measuring the aisles is not enough. <laughs> Visible oh, disability yeah. is a big deal. and You got to accommodate that. Salt Lake Comic Con, Fanex, there's a reason I keep going back to those, even though I keep parsing down the events that I'm working. Mm -hmm. And part of it is, is their ADA understanding is growing every year and they are doing it right. If there's a problem, they want to know. Whereas most of the events that I was working before, if there's a problem, they would prefer not, not to, to know. Right, because then it's something they have to add to yes. their yeah. Well, and it's cheaper list. not mm -hmm. to. Yeah. It's way cheaper not to. If you look at Disney, if you look at Universal, anybody who's handling large crowds on a day-to-day -day basis, their ADA programs are really, really strict mm -hmm. because they know exactly what they can do, exactly what they can't do. And exactly where the line is for... And where people were taking advantage of things yes, as well. Yes, exactly. I, I will fully say, when Disney had to change their system, there was a moment there where I kind of went through that, oh, this sucks. I hate mm -hmm. this. I like the old system. The old system was better for us. Okay, but the old system also had people like hiring disabled, disabled individuals yeah. just to get their kids through the lines. Yeah. And frankly, I've been through both systems now. Mm-hmm. The new system is better. Isn't it a scheduling system? It's like now? a it fast is. pass. Yeah. It is. It's kind of like a fast pass. So I overheard it one day in, in, in town hall. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, you have to, to still show up to guest services and say, like, hey, I'm ADA. They'll say, hey, how many people are in your party? You set that up. There is still a limit there because, of course, there is. You don't is. want 10 people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's those lines are long enough yeah. as is. Yeah. We don't need that. And then you'll take your little, it looks kind of like a, dinky paper passport right mm -hmm. and you'll take it up to the right attendant and be like hey we're ADA what's the time and they'll look and they'll say okay well if you got in line right now you would probably get to the front of the line at x time so at x time and I'm going to write down the time and I'm going to initial it so they know it's legit come back right and you can only do the one right at a time the old system you show up you show the attendant your little paper right and they would either bust you through the fast pass line or on certain rides, and it wasn't like everything. Pirates of the Caribbean, they usually the take you in the back. Right? Into yeah. the exit. Yeah. yeah. And for some rides, that's fine. Uh, some of them, it kind of stinks. Like the Toy Story Mania. You don't if you miss interact. the whole queue, the queue's super cool. Yeah. They worked mm -hmm. really hard on that queue. Yeah. So it has its ups, it has its downs. But the new system makes way more sense. And it's actually less ableist because it's more of the legitimate experience that you would have mm -hmm. if you weren't facing that disability. And to be perfectly honest, I, I hope that's the way they go with everybody at the park. Mm -hmm. I yeah. want to do this at this time, and they schedule it out. And maybe, you know, if you want to wait in line, fine. But if you want to... Go do something else. Something, if you yeah. want to be a Sarah and schedule every minute of your day... I do not do that <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> Jeez. But, but no, it, it, it is a big deal. And I think the Fast Pass Plus system that they've started to is a lot use of the same is, 
awesome for stuff like that. We were actually one of the first groups that got to use it, and we loved it. It was phenomenal for us, and we actually found ourselves relying less on the ADA accommodations I've, because of it. I've heard they've started doing that with food at, at a very limited location. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, that's yeah. so great. You can do that at restaurants, order it in advance, and yep. then just go and have your food ready. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. So, like, we went to Lagoon a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. and... There was a kid. <laughs> Candace is laughing. I'm guessing you know about it. their AD. I'm sorry. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, but we, we, were, we were sitting down at this bench, mm-hmm. and I was with some friends. Our kids were on that boat ride, that mm-hmm. little tugboat thing. That was my favorite ride as a kid. And uh, <laughs> a kid comes up, and he's ADA, and they like took like half an hour yeah. to discuss yeah. if the kid should be allowed on the ride. Exactly. And like you have parents, like yeah. just let him on. Yeah, it's not a big deal. The lines are not long. The right. lines like five minutes long. Yeah, just it put turns him in a boat. into like a liability issue because there isn't a procedure in place. They that haven't again. thought about it. Uh. They don't deal with the same daily numbers that a place like Disney does. At a place like Disney, you don't have an option to figure out whether or not you're no. going to be yes. ready to be ADA no accessible. If. No, like you, you are facing <laughs> such a huge percentage on a daily basis, especially working with kids mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's no question as to whether or not you can be ready now a place like lagoon your liability is different yeah you're not facing the same numbers your liability yeah. for lawsuit even is different. probably a lot higher well i just i just found <laughs> well, it interesting i mean it's actually a little bit lower really? because the expectations that you're going to be prepared mm. are that's different true. that's true it's right. the same thing so things like obviously we're all pretty familiar with salt lake comic-con mm-hmm. as their numbers have risen over the years they've had to become more and more aware of invisible disability because again anytime your numbers grow the percentage is going to stay the same so those numbers grow as well as far as total attendees that are going to require accommodation Mm -hmm. of some kind and what that accommodation is is totally different for for different people Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day if something horrific happens and we always pray that it doesn't what are you going to say to a judge? What are you going to say to a jury that says, hey, I understand that this thing happened, but here's what we did to make a reasonable attempt so that everybody would be all right. Mm -hmm. And if that attempt looks really crappy for the number of people that you were hosting, that looks bad on you. Mm -hmm. If you're a place like Lagoon where your numbers are not huge, like let's just face it, they're not. On any given day, it may be busy, but it's not Comic-Con busy. 10,000 plus people Yeah, like your accommodations are going to be assumed to be less. Mm -hmm. Right. It's just kind of a given thing. And you notice more and more of this as convention culture rises, I guess you could say. There are places like San Diego where they're branching out into more and more buildings. They're covering more and more blocks because of the sheer numbers. But they're really kind of, from my understanding of it, leaving it to each of those locations to deal with their standard response. Hmm. And that's part of the reason why I don't tend to go to a lot of those events. Mm -hmm. Your standard procedure is not necessarily going to be appropriate when you have 30 times the number of people that you usually have. It's a big deal. So yeah, and ADA lawsuits are a huge deal. There are lawyers that specialize in them. All of it, it's, they've bankrupted entire cities before for a lack of accessibility. It's, 
not a small thing, but a lot of people tend to think of it as an afterthought because it doesn't affect Them. everyone yep. in the general public. Yep. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming on and talking with us because this is something we, in, in over a year, we haven't really covered. So we really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Anytime. Mm -hmm. I'm right. always happy to talk ADA. Sweet. All right. So Wait, before we go, I have a joke for you guys. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to think about it again. Why did Obi-Wan Kenobi say that his coffee was better than Anakin's? Why? It wasn't burnt. Because he had the higher ground. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, Stefan. Here's some money. Go see a Star Wars.